0: Hello and welcome to Adoran Talk Sports. This is a podcast show that guarantees your favorite team will be talked about as long as it's the sport being discussed. I am your host, Andrew himself, and I'll be guiding you throughout the news of the week from blockbuster trades to comeback victories and everything in between. This is really exciting because this is the first episode of this solo podcast. I'm excited to see how this goes. Uh, as I've mentioned in the promo, if you've seen that, this is live, this is unscripted. All I've got here is a basic page of notes that I'll be going off of, so very much improv and top of the dome and stuff like that. This is also one take, so you'll hear me stumble, you'll hear me uh, mess up, pause a lot, things like that. Uh, but this will be definitely exciting, and you'll hear a lot of us. Hopefully I will fix that by the time we get to the... Uh, by, by, by the time we get a couple of weeks in. Um, so, with that said, this episode is coming out today, uh, t- is September 10th, 2020. Uh, current time of filming this is one forty seven p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, I am saying this because there are going to be predictions made about the NFL season, which starts later today. Just want to make sure I date myself. I have not seen the Chiefs-Texans game. I don't know if Mahomes throws 10 picks or 10 touchdowns. Both are, uh, well, I was going to say both are likely, but I highly doubt he's throwing 10 picks today. Um... But here we go. We're going to get started. The sport that I'm starting off with, as you can see here, is the NFL. It's a sport that's been with me for, I think, 15 years or so. It's been with me for a very long time Uh, since being introduced to it. I love the strategy of the game, both on and off the field. Whether it's the actual gameplay itself, knowing that this route beats this defensive formation, and there's secrets and spies and techniques that you have to beat up in order to be able to beat the other team. Or the financial game that comes along with you have to pay people a certain amount of contracts, but the higher you pay them, the less money you have for everyone else. The cap room. It's a really awesome sport when you look at it like that. It's almost like a chess game if the chess pieces were fighting each other. Now, with that said, though, the season is beginning. And why not, with the first ever episode, let's just opinionate myself to the extreme and start off with a bunch of predictions. Uh, We will do this In the only segment in the show as of right now since this is the first episode although I definitely expect uh, in the future more segments to come in but this episode will have the only segment the main highlight of the show crunch time now crunch time is the segment of the show where we will spend an equal amount of time on every single team I always feel like certain teams are always talked about in the MLB you always hear stuff about the Yankees and the Dodgers but you don't really hear things about say the Brewers Uh, you'll hear things in NFL which is a sport I'm very comfortable with, you'll always hear talk about the Dallas Cowboys, or for the longest amount of time, and still to a certain extent, the New England Patriots. But you never hear anything about the Carolina Panthers in regular news. You don't hear about the Detroit Lions. So I'm going to offer 90 seconds. So that is what our crunch time is today. 90 seconds on the clock to discuss basically the big news, my predictions, my beliefs about the team, as we get set for this year to begin. Uh, So actually what we will do is... Uh, We will go onto this little computer thing that I have in front of me. And what we will do is quite literally just put a random number generator. So you can hear me typing it in right now, maybe. I don't know if you can hear everything like that. So we're going to go random number generator. We're going to generate 32 numbers for our 32 teams. And we'll go from there. So I have here... A list of NFL teams. So with this list of random teams, I'll just go through and randomize them. So I don't want to have it be that I go alphabetically every single time or I always talk about uh, a certain division at first. So what I want to do instead is quite literally every time we start an episode, when we get into crunch time, randomize these teams and we'll go in that order. So your team may come up first, your team might come up last, your team might be in the middle. Uh, We have 90 seconds on the clock, which is how long we're going to go. Uh, Hopefully I don't break through it too many times. The goal is to have at least some representation for each team, so we will get started with this. Let me just randomize them. Okay. And with that being said, all 32 teams are on the clock, and we will start off uh, with... We'll go with each team, so once I say the team's name, I'll start with the clock, and you'll hear a nice breeze or something. Hopefully that's what it is and it's not the annoying alarm clock sound. Uh, so with that said we will start off with the Atlanta Falcons. Now the Atlanta Falcons have been a team in recent years that have trying to been they've been trying to li- live back to that old hype of the Super Bowl run that they had with Matt Ryan Julio Jones and all of the the squad that they had with Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman and that cool Kyle Shanahan led offense but they haven't quite lived up to that expectation ever since and they've constantly been going on rough, Early starts of the season, followed by late spurts that make you think that they have a shot. This year, though, I really think is Dan Quinn's year to try to make an impact with this team, because this he's definitely on a hot seat, and he has to basically make this team go from the beginning, rather than these constant late spurts. Now, I don't know if they'll quite—I don't know if they'll be able to do that. I did predictions— uh, by going through each of the teams in the beginning of the season. My prediction right now is the Atlanta Falcons go six and 10. I don't think this is a good enough record for Dan Quinn to keep his job and as a result, he's likely getting fired by the end of this year, along with the idea that Matt Ryan, they're gonna have to start thinking about his replacement soon since they he's 15 or so years into uh, the league. Uh, I think this week's prediction they're going up against the Seattle Seahawks. My prediction for this, I think that Seattle is going to come away with the win here. I don't know if Atlanta, I think they're going to fall into the same trap that they've always had of constantly trying to learn how to work as a team. I think other teams are better at doing this than the Atlanta Falcons are, and I think this week they're going to start off with a loss. So let's see what the sound sounds like, if you guys can hear it. Yeah, it's fun sound. I don't know. I, I'm not even sure if you guys heard that, but... uh There we go. That's the Atlanta Falcons. That's kind of how it'll go. Basically, I'll ask one big question or comment about the team as a whole, my prediction for this year, and uh, the prediction for this week, and we'll go over um, what exactly the end result is going to look like. So, the second team on the list is the Minnesota Vikings. Now... The Vikings have had a bit of huge names leave. They've had Stephon Diggs, the big wide receiver, leave to go to Buffalo, and Everson Griffin has left to go to the Dallas Cowboys. I think that these loss, even when uh, Ninguakwe, I-, I probably butchered his name, of the Jacksonville Jaguars star defensive end, uh, I think that can, to a certain extent, uh, go and supplement the or replace the loss of Everson Griffin. But with that being said, I do think This team is going to take a slight step back. Last year, they did pretty well winning a playoff game. Um, And I think Kirk Cousins is going to have a solid statistical season. I don't know, however, if this team is going to be able to build up to the hype of the NFC North. I think this division, the NFC North, might be one of the toughest divisions in the league. With the Green Bay Packers, who are Super Bowl contenders, the Bears, I think, are going to have a bounce back year. I don't. I am not on the Trubisky hate bandwagon nearly as much as other people are. And I think the Detroit Lions, this could be a chance for Detroit to come back. So with the Minnesota Vikings in a tough division, I think they might actually take a step back. And despite them going 8-8, eight and eight, that's my prediction for it, I don't think they're going to be making the playoffs. As for this week, I think uh, their matchup, of course, is with the Green Bay Packers. I think that the Green Bay Packers are just going to come out with a bang. Um, On top of that, I believe the Green Bay game is at home. And so that just on top of everything just leads to a difficult time for the Minnesota Vikings. So this week, they're starting off with a loss as our clock ends up, I think... Yeah, I think the the clock time, about 90 seconds, is good. I was worried that I was going to... Uh, talk too much, but it seems like things are going solidly so far. All right. uh, Speaking of, one of the teams that we just mentioned, now we're going up with the Detroit Lions. Now, Matt Patricia is on the hot seat. It's pretty safe to say that that's the case. Uh, He's had a couple of rough seasons, and especially considering the years that they had before with Jim Caldwell. I think Caldwell, when he got fired, he had a winning record as a Detroit Lions head coach in three seasons, which is... Not something you don't normally see, especially from a franchise that has struggled to have consecutive winning uh, seasons. So Detroit this year is definitely in the hot seat. They have to, in the owner's words, they have to be in contention for a playoff spot by the end of the year. I personally think that will be the case for a number of different reasons. Number one, and the big question of the year... Matthew Stafford. Stafford, last year, for the half of the season he played, despite the record, he was playing like a star. He was playing like a potential MVP quarterback. And this year, with the same system, Matthew Stafford back healthy again, I do think that they have an opportunity to really go out there and put their stamp on the NFC North, at least contend for the division. However, I don't think that they're going to make it for a number of different reasons. I do think that they're going to have a winning record. I think they're going to go 9-7. And I do think they'll have a shot at making that wildcard spot But at the end of the day, they're not going to make it simply because I have a few other teams that are really fighting for that divisional spot. So I think Patricia is safe. His job is safe. I think Stafford is going to have a really, really good season, but they're going to miss the playoffs. As for this week, they're going up against the Bears, and they're at home. I know home field advantage isn't that big of a thing, but being at home against the Bears, the Bears are still trying to work things out with Trubisky and Foles, so I think the Lions are going to win it. I think you guys are going to eventually get annoyed with that, so I will uh, slow down on the, uh, um, the the songs and things like that. Uh, the, the, the little end music thing. I'll just stop it in advance if I finish up with the words. Next up on our list is the Indianapolis Colts. Now, the Colts are an interesting team. The Colts have, for the most part, kept everything relatively calm. They haven't been in the news too much, with one major exception, and that is their new starting quarterback, Philip Rivers, originally of the Chargers. Now... Phillip Rivers last year was not great, to put it honestly. He was taking a lot of risks. He was playing almost like an old quarterback, and it could definitely see that. The question is now, and that's what the cold season is really going to be about, is that was that Phillip Rivers' fault or was that the Chargers team's fault? Because Phillip this year has wide receivers, especially guys like T.Y. Hilton. Now he had them in the Chargers facilities, uh, Chargers team as well, but you'll see that as well here. They have the offensive line, which is the big thing that the Chargers have never really gotten. On top of that, injury concerns as a whole have seemed to always plague the Chargers for the past, I don't know, five, six years or so. Uh, the Colts have not had that sort of issue for the long run. Uh, so, really, it's a question of whether or not Phillip is back. I do think he is. I think they go 10-6. and six. I have them as a 6th seed right now. Uh, so, I think they will definitely be a wild card team. Uh, as for this week, they're going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And this is one of those matchups that I think is going to be a pretty secure bet. I don't think that uh, the Colts' talent is going to fall apart in the beginning. I think Philip Rivers is going to get on a quick uh, start, and as a result, they're going to win this game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Cool. That'll uh, be exciting to see. I think the offensive line will definitely help, and that I will pause in advance because you guys will get tired of the the music. So next up, oh, funnily enough, I wasn't even. <laughs> I'm not looking ahead. So, funnily enough, we're talking about Philip Rivers' old team, the L.A. Chargers. Now, the Chargers are both—I think the Chargers have a lot of talent to suggest that they are in contention mode, but the biggest position of the quarterback suggests that they are in rebuilding mode. So, the real question with them, of course, is when is the new quarterback coming in? Currently, they have named Tyrod Taylor the starting quarterback, and if you've been watching Hard Knocks, you can see the leadership qualities that uh, Tyrod Taylor has. Now, on the other hand, Justin Herbert, who has always been deemed a sort of project-like quarterback, uh, he is obviously the backup quarterback, and he's really the person that we're looking at to see when he will eventually take place, because the wide consensus is the idea that Tyrod Taylor is not the starting quarterback of the Chargers in the long term. That's going to be Justin Herbert. The question is, when does he come in? Does Tyrod hold him off? Does Herbert fall back in camp? Or does Herbert jump over Tyrod in the midst of a poor season? Uh, I don't personally think the Chargers are going to have a fantastic season this year. Um, when I do predictions for teams, I go through each of the games, and so it, we, it, you get weird results. So I have the Chargers going 2-14. and 14. I don't think they will go 2-14 and 14, uh, when thinking about that. I just couldn't find more games for them to win. And granted, a lot of this is based on the current condition. So if home field advantage comes back, that might sway things one way or the other. Um, injuries and all that sort of thing. But uh, as of right now, they're going 2-14. They're not making the playoffs. Uh, This week, they go up against... And I will have to check this again. I've paused the time already, so I'm going a little bit over. They're going up against the Bengals. Uh, I think this is a chance for them to win uh, this match. Start off on the right foot. Cool. Uh, I should probably fix my notes for that. The Chargers... Because I have in the notes that the Chargers are going against the Chargers and winning against the Chargers, which makes... Absolutely no sense. Uh, next up, ooh, this is a team I want to talk about because this is a fun team. The next up is the Buffalo Bills. Now, the Bills have all this hype about them. With the Patriots losing Tom Brady, the Bills have been designated the kings of the AFC East. And now they have to prove it. Now, they have the pieces. As I mentioned earlier, they gained Stephon Diggs. They've got some solid defensive uh, backs in particular are fantastic. And really, they've got a few questions about this being their year. Number one, of course, is Josh Allen. Do you think Josh Allen can take that next step forward? He's, he's grown. I think he grew a lot between year one and year two. Year one, he looked like a project quarterback. Year two, he looked like a starting quarterback to the point where they led them to a wild card berth and nearly won a game against the Houston Texans. Now, is this the year that they will be able to move on, especially considering the conditions that they have, uh, not only surrounding the team, but you have to consider everything in this new world with not only just uh, coronavirus, but you have to also consider the 7-seed format, the competitiveness of each of the divisions and all of the other quarterbacks and teams that are going against them. I do think the Bills, though, I think they will do well. Again, I have them as 14-2, and two, which somehow is the 3-seed. Uh, I don't think they will go 14-2. It's probably less than that, but I, I just couldn't find games that they would lose. As for this week, they're going up against the New York Jets. Sorry, the New York Jets. Uh, the Jets have been struggling recently. I think they're going to start off on the right foot. The Bills are going to take their Week 1 victory. Cool. Um. So, next up on the list is another New York team, funnily enough. Uh, we will be starting with, as I just adjust things slightly, uh, we will start off with well, let's not start off. We will have our seventh team be the New York Giants. Now, the Giants have had a complete overhaul, and I think that's uh, safe to say. New coach and a bunch of new players, new offensive coordinator. Uh, the biggest question this year, in my opinion, is how Danny Dimes, Danny jo- Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes, if you're a fan of the nickname, uh, how he will do under the new uh, New York Giants regime. Joe Judge, as a coach, has had a lot of articles about him, some being good, some being bad. And looking at, basically, can he bring Daniel Jones and this Giants team back to that greatness that they had uh, in the late 2000s, early 2010s, when they were constantly in the playoffs, they were constantly fighting for Super Bowls, they won a couple Super Bowls with Eli Manning as their quarterback. A lot of people, when Daniel jo- Jones was drafted, suggested that he was basically Eli Manning, but slightly more mobile. If that's the case, then they really have a shot of winning a couple Super Bowls down the line. The question is, this year is not the case. I don't think so. I think the NFC East is probably... I, I, In my opinion, I think the NFC East is the weakest division of the four teams there. Only two of them really have a shot of winning the division. New York Giants are not one of them. For some reason, I have them going 1-15. I don't think they will go 1-15. They're going to probably win more games. But it's so hard to find games that the Giants are going to win. Uh, so I don't think they're, they're going to do well in this. This week, they're going... With, they're going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I do think that the Giants will lose that match. I don't think they're going to do particularly well against a Steelers team that's uh, basically coming back for revenge. So, uh, that wraps up the Giants. Next up, number 8 is another team with a lot of hype, the Miami Dolphins. Now, the Dolphins have had an interesting... I think their their seasoned ever since last... after since after Thanksgiving, I think. They've had a really interesting season because it went from tank for Tua to we're winning games. Oh, no, we're not going to tank for Tua to Tua fell to us anyway. So it seems interesting uh, that the Dolphins have shown that fighting spirit, despite the fact that for all intents and purposes, everyone was writing them off as an 0-16 team that was going to be one of the worst teams in NFL history. And instead, they turned it around. I think they went uh, 5-11. Uh, I don't have notes for that up on top, but I think it was something like that. 5-11, and 11, they won some games against quality teams like the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick showed, you know, I, I, I have that uh, that fighting instinct inside of me. This year, however, uh, they have drafted Tua, and it's that second year in a rebuilding phase. I think typically when people think of rebuilding teams, it's usually three or four years. This is that second year where they say, okay, now we have some pieces. Let's see how the pieces do. Uh, and so really the question this year is, is about the biggest piece there. Tua, when will he join the team? When will he officially become the quarterback of this team, or will Fitzpatrick hold him off? I think that this team's going 5-11. and I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, I think they're going to stagnate, but they're going to show improvement overall as a team. This week against the Patriots, I don't think they're going to win. I think uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to try hard, but unfortunately fall to the New England Patriots. And now we move on to team number nine, the Denver Broncos. Now, the Broncos have been a... It's weird because they they are considered a dark horse team to make the playoffs. And yet, despite that, everybody seems to have them as a dark horse team, which almost goes counterintuitive to the concept of a dark horse team. Um, They, of course, have... They ended off their season last year with a really good run. I think Drew Locke went 3-1 or 4-1 in his starts or appearances. Uh, Drew Locke is widely considered to be the next person to take over after some struggles. Ever since Peyton Manning retired, they've had some struggles finding that next guy, whether it was uh, Osweiler or uh, I think Trevor Simeon was there, uh, Case Keenan was there briefly, Joe Flacco, and a bunch of other guys. Uh, Drew Locke is now taking that role. Is he the solution that the Denver Broncos have been looking for? I think Drew Locke might be... I think Drew Locke might be a solid quarterback. I don't know if this is the year, however. The injury to Vaughn Miller a couple of days ago really ruins their chance of having a good off, uh, defensive line presence. And so I have them going 3-13. and I don't think they'll do that. I think they're better than 3-13. and But uh, when doing game-by-game predictions, I have them going 3-13. and They're missing the playoffs. Uh, one of those losses is this week against the uh, Tennessee Titans. I don't think this team is quite ready. I think... Initially, before the Von Miller injury, I had this flipped. I had the Broncos beating the Titans. But after Von Miller's injury, one of the best guys in the league when it comes to his position, defensive player of the year, caliber guy, I don't think that they'll have a chance to win this. The Titans are going to win it. Denver is going to end up struggling. Uh, that was exactly uh, that was exactly a minute 30. Um, so next up, our 10th team on this list is the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks have always, is always that, I think if you want a dark horse Super Bowl team, ever since they lost the Super Bowl to the Patriots, they have been consistently that dark horse Super Bowl team of a team that, yeah, they're not the number one favorite, but they're probably like two or three. And I think with teams like the Buccaneers, the Queen of the Packers to a certain extent, uh, the Dallas Cowboys have been very popular. I think the Seahawks are sort of forgotten, despite the fact that they have a Super Bowl champion quarterback, a Super Bowl champion coach quality players, Hall of Fame caliber players like uh, Bobby Wagner, for example. Uh, This team has all the pieces needed to really go for a long run. The only issue they have, of course, is that division, because you could make a case for all four teams making the playoffs. You could make a case for all four teams appearing in the NFC Championship game with the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Rams, and the Cardinals. Uh, The big thing with the Seahawks, of course, is can they come back to that Super Bowl height? They were a defensive team then. And now it's pretty safe to say that they are an offensive team. Do you think that they will be able to take that offensive talent that they have and go all the way? Um, my prediction for this year, they're going to go 12-4. and four. I think that's a two-seed in the NFC, um, which is surprising considering I think uh, the 14-2 and two Bills were a three-seed in the AFC. But uh, the Seahawks... I think they'll end up as the two seed. They'll go into the divisional round, but not much farther than that. I think this week they're going up against the Falcons, who have been struggling. They're going to win this match, Uh, I think. It's pretty safe to say with that, despite any uh, need for fans or anything like that. I don't think that's going to be a bother, which is something you have to keep in mind for all of these teams as my time runs out for the Seahawks. Number 11 goes into one of those teams that we've been talking about for a while, and that is the Dallas Cowboys. Now, the Cowboys have always... I think, for better or for worse, have always had this sort of hype behind them. Whether it's they're going to make the playoffs even if the team isn't that great, they're going to make the Super Bowl if the team is middling, or vice versa. They might be a team everybody despises, and then they show up and become really good. Now, the question this year, there, there are two big ones that come up. Number one is related to the entire team as a whole, and that's how Mike McCarthy is going to do as the new head coach for the Dallas Cowboys. After Jason Garrett was uh, fired from his position, I, I don't think they, they fired him. I think they let his contract run out. Is the official terminology. Um, with the new coach Mike McCarthy who has said he's trying to innovate and become a more new-school type coach after uh, his Packers exit due to being considered an old-timer coach going with strategies that were old uh, as opposed to that. He's decided to update his strategy. Do you think that this team will be able to do well with McCarthy as head coach? And number two, the Dak Prescott contract situation is probably gonna surround this entire team for the for the entire year. I think if Prescott has a really really good statistical year Get ready to see Dak Prescott make a chunk of money, either from the Cowboys or from another team. Uh, my opinion this year, I think they're going 10-6. and six. I have them as the 7th seed, uh, which means that they'll end up being a wildcard team. This week, they're going up against the Los Angeles Rams. I have them winning that match in the Rams stadium. Um, I think the offensive threats, which uh, we, I, have, I don't have enough time to discuss, but the offensive threats on that team are just too good to be able to uh, not go 8-8. Eight and eight. They'll, they'll definitely do better than that. Next up, the Green Bay Packers, a team that made a lot of buzz last year, seemingly out of nowhere, despite having a rookie head coach and a quote-unquote aging Aaron Rodgers. I think that this team, I don't know if they overachieved necessarily, the record certainly did, but they definitely were qualified to be in the championship game, Um, of course losing to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, the question this year, is Rodgers going to come back to those MVP caliber years? I think there's a lot of concern that Rodgers has sort of fallen into that second-tier quarterback. Of So the first-tier quarterbacks would be your Tom Brady's, your Breezes of the Esther year, and second-tier would be the guys right below them. I think people think Rodgers fell off to a certain extent. If this team has Aaron Rodgers going back to that original level of the MVP caliber guy, or just the... Ultra, he's the amazing non interception thrower that he is. If that team can get that and some defensive boost, I think this team is going to be a dangerous team to go against. Uh, I have them going 11 and 5 as the three seed right now. As for this week, they're going up against the Minnesota Vikings. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to start off on the right foot. I am really big, I think you'll notice as this goes on, on consistency. I think that's really important, and if there's a large break in between, that's going to be an issue. This is a team that went to the NFC Championship game a year ago. They are relatively consistent. While nothing has improved with them, nothing has changed dramatically with them. And I think that's going to be something that helps them in the long run. So uh, I have them as the three seed winning this week against the Vikings. Next up, the New York Jets, who have been struggling in recent years to really get a foothold in the AFC East. Well, this is the year that they have a shot. Of course, Sam Darnold, a first-round draft pick, has shown flashes that he can be that guy. I think consistency with him is the biggest issue. Uh, Not necessarily injury concern, because it's not really injuries that are bothering him. It's more of just uh, other factors. The big question, I think, this year is that surrounds the Jets... Uh, beside whether or not are they going to go far, is Adam Gase. Adam Gase is likely on the hot seat this year. If they have another struggling year, then he's probably getting fired. I don't think the new GM right now, uh, who I can't remember, I think it's uh, Douglas. Uh, he's uh, definitely watching and making sure that the coach is going to be able to bring the best out of Sam Darnold and this offense. Sam Darnold and this offense. I'm sorry about that. Um, now. Whether or not they're going to be actually successful goes along with how well I think the AFC East is going to do. Unfortunately for the Jets, I do think the AFC East is definitely improved. I think New England has not fallen off a lot. The Bills are definitely improved. The Dolphins are another year into their rebuild. I think the Jets might have to blow things up when it comes to the uh, coach. I don't know if they want to get rid of the quarterback. I think Darnold has the talent, and he might show that this year. But this year, I have them going 3-13. This is one of those teams that I have going a really bad record that I actually think is the case. I don't think the Jets are going to do particularly well this year. Um, This week, they're going up against the Buffalo Bills. I don't think they're winning that. I think the Bills just have too much talent. So, next up after the Jets, we have number 14, the Los Angeles Rams. Now, the Rams, ever since their Super Bowl appearance a couple years ago, have sort of fallen into this nobody-talks-about-them mode, which is surprising considering the amount of talent that they have with Jared Goff. They used to have Todd Gurley who left to go to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, The Cooper Cup, as wide receivers, they signed Jalen Ramsey to a really large contract just recently. Uh, So the question really is, can Goff and McVeigh get back to that groundbreaking impossible level talent of this new offensive wave that a lot of teams have gone off of? Now, If they were in any other division, I think they would have a real shot. The problem is, of course, they're in the NFC West, which is another division that's definitely up there as one of the biggest ones. With the former NFC champion, Seattle Seahawks are always in contention, and the Arizona Cardinals have a lot of improvements. So the Los Angeles Rams, how are they going to do this year? I think Goff will bounce back. I don't think he'll have uh, the season he had last year. I think his, his general area is in between his Super Bowl season and last year's season. Um, McVay, I still think, is one of the smartest, most innovative coaches in the league. However, I have them being 7-9 and nine this year. I just think that the NFC West is so talented, and it's going to be hard for them to find wins outside of that. Uh, so they're missing the playoffs. This week, they're going up against the Dallas Cowboys. As I mentioned before, I think that the Rams are going to lose this game. I think the Cowboys just have too much talent, and the Rams still have a bit more of that. They need to bounce back before they can bounce up, and I think they need a bit of time for that. After the Los Angeles Rams, we have the Raiders. Now the Raiders are—I'm not sure if they're the Oakland Raiders or the Vegas Raiders yet. I think they're Vegas. Um, the Raiders just—I don't think a single person has talked about them at all this year, which is weird, but it makes sense because they are in that—they're in the rebuild mode. Of the, they're in that like quiet zone of the rebuild mode so they're not the team tanking but they're not the team that's already finished with a rebuild they're they're sort of in that back end of the rebuild after basically blowing up the roster when John Gruden came trading a bunch of things for draft picks and trying to collect those young players to build the team for the future now is sort of the method are they going to continue to go slow and steady with their rebuild or they're going to try to jump for that next big thing biggest question of course is going to be uh Derek Carr? Is he the quarterback of the future? There's always these rumors going around about John Gruden trying to trade for I don't know Tom Brady or Vinny Testaverde or someone like that just because he's a fan of the old quarterbacks. I don't see that. I think Derek Carr is a solid quarterback. I think he definitely has the capability of being a star with the Raiders if the team around him can help. So, I do think they have to continue going slow and steady. I don't have them making the playoffs this year. I have them going 6-10. and 10. However, that does not mean that they will be to get some wins. I think this week against the Carolina Panthers, they will come away with the victory uh, to start off their season on the right foot. So I do think that the Raiders will start off well this season. Team number 16 is a team that I am intrigued in for all the wrong reasons, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. How in the world are they going to operate this year? The biggest question, the question that I think every single person in the world is talking about is, of course, what in the world are they doing with all of their star players? Leonard Fournette is gone. They traded Nick Foles in the offseason. They have they lost Ramsey a couple years ago. I think it was a couple years ago. Or it was last year. <laughs> Time flies so much, I can't even remember that. They lost Ningakwe. They had a bunch of people that have uh, been cut. All their talent seems to have been purged from this roster. But they also insist that they're not tanking. Now, big question I have in my notes. Is tank for Trevor question mark? That is really the question. Are they tanking for Trevor Lawrence and trying to get a quarterback in the first with the first pick of the next draft, or are they riding with Gardner Minshew? Now, Minshew has shown again flashes that he could be that guy. He's also shown flashes that he might not be. It really all depends on the talent around him. Unfortunately, there is not a lot of talent around him that may uh, help him in his case to be the starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I personally have the Jaguars going 1-15. I, to a certain extent, I have them going 0-16. Uh, that's a that's a clear possibility. I think with 0 and 16 teams or teams that have been reaching that level, they've they've increased recently. The Dolphins were considered one of those teams. The Browns a couple of years ago. They're going 1 and 15. I think is their guess. I think they might scrape the out a win here or there. Uh, this week, however, is not going to be that week. I think they'll lose to the Colts. Speaking of the Browns, we'll talk about the Cleveland Browns right now. Now, the Browns had a disappointing year last year with a new head coach. He's been fired, and they've brought in Kevin Stefanski. They also have a couple of other guys that are really interesting to build off of Baker Mayfield's solid rookie year. I think he took a step back last year, but he has mentioned that he is interested. He's He's been recently working on his game and trying to focus more along the internal aspect of just you know focusing more on the on the game less on the hype. So I think that it'll be interesting to see how the Cleveland Browns do. This is technically another regime change for the Cleveland Browns, which is something that they have been notorious for doing. They're very impatient with their teams. I think though that uh, this year, I think they got it right. I think that with a new coach, but effectively the same system, I do think the Cleveland Browns, I'm buying into them. I think they will go 9-7. and seven. However, I don't think that will be enough for a playoff spot. I think they will miss it. They'll have a 9-7 and seven record, a winning season. I don't think, though, that they will make the playoffs. I just think that the overall AFC has a lot of— I think the AFC, more so than the NFC, the AFC is very top-heavy. Uh, these are the teams that are good. These are the teams that are bad. There are very few middle-of-the-road teams. I think that the Browns might be one of those few teams of just 9-7. and seven. They're going to miss the playoffs. They're going to lose against the Ravens this week. I think the Ravens are just too talented and too, I think, frustrated is the best way to say it, of how their season ended last year. Next up on the list is another person, another team as a whole that's been in the news a lot. That's the Houston Texans. Now, the Texans have a big question of just what is Bill the Bill O'Brien, the GM, doing for Bill O'Brien, the coach? They lost DeAndre Hopkins after trading him. For David Johnson and a few other picks that eventually turned into an interesting backfield of, sorry, not an interesting backfield, an interesting wide receiver set of guys like Kenny Stills, Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks. They just have speed galore on this Houston Texans team for Deshaun Watson. It'll be an interesting thing to go uh, see how Watson does without DeAndre Hopkins. I'm curious to see if this will turn like Matthew Stafford without Calvin Johnson, because there was this claim which you could see to a certain extent that Matthew Stafford would force the ball to Calvin Johnson because Calvin Johnson was just that good. And then as time went on and Stafford became an even better quarterback, he started to pass it to multiple receivers. And that's why we've had them in this really good talk. I think Watson might be in the same boat. He might. He, he's a really, really good quarterback right now. And to the point where people are putting him in the top five, and I definitely can see that. Uh, I think I would probably have him around five or so. Uh, but will he get a step better without that dominant receiver that can catch everything? Because if he can do that, then he becomes an even better quarterback. The contract that they paid him becomes even more worthwhile and they'll go far in the playoffs. However, I don't think that's the case. I think they're going eight and eight starting off with the loss this week against the chiefs, which is actually tonight. So, uh, they're not going to win this week. I think that they'll go middle of the pack, but I don't think the blame around Bill O'Brien will be spread that big. I think, people will understand it as the season goes on. Next up, the Pittsburgh Steelers with one big thing that has come back, and that is good old Big Ben. Ben Roethlisberger has come back after a season ending injury in week two, I think it was last year, where I believe he had to have Tommy John surgery. Uh, the question of course becomes, Ben's back, is he Ben Roethlisberger, the Super Bowl winning Super Bowl MVP. I think he won once. Uh, that or Actually, no, another thing about it, he did not. He won, I think Santonio Holmes and Hines Ward won it. All right, so, is, is, it, is it Ben, the Hall of Fame caliber, great thrower, constantly leading the leagues in pass yard passing touchdowns, or is it an injured, broken down Ben Roethlisberger, similar to how Eli Manning broke down and Philip Rivers seemingly broke down last year? So, question is whether or not Ben is back. Is Ben going to be better than ever? I personally am on the side of Big Ben. I think he's going to come back and he's going to torch the league. Uh, I have the Steelers going 11-5. and five. That puts them at the 5 seed for the AFC. And I also think that it's going to start off with a win against the Giants. The Giants just don't have a lot of talent. The Steelers, however, they've got James Conner. They've got Juju Smith. And I think the biggest factor is the defense. I think this defensive force... That they have. It's going back to the old days of the old Steelers teams of the mid to late 2000s. I think that's what they're trying to simulate. They're trying to see if they can go back to the team that beat Seattle, the team that beat Arizona in the Super Bowl. Those were defensive led teams with a really good offense to boot. And I think that's something that they're trying to do here as well. Okay, uh the next team on the list is the San Francisco 49ers. Now, this team went to the Super Bowl last year. Was to, for some people, they were an Emmanuel Sanders uh, catch, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo overthrow away from winning the Super Bowl last year. And so, for all intents and purposes, they are practically, they're in the limelight right now, San Francisco. question is, will they be able to bounce back from the Super Bowl loss? History does not suggest that. Very rarely does a team come back after a Super Bowl loss to win it. If you take all the Patriots out of the equation, it's hard to find those teams. I tend to agree. I think the Super Bowl hangover will be a real thing, especially considering the loss that the 49ers have. Uh, the Super Bowl loss hangover is going to be even worse. Uh, I don't know if they will bounce back. I think they also uh, got helped by the fact that they had a last-place schedule last year. Now that they have a first-place schedule, that's going to make things a lot more difficult. Right now, my prediction has them going 8-8, eight and eight, uh, which puts them out of the playoffs. I don't think that they're going to make it. A combination of factors come with this. I think the league as a whole has a lot of teams that are really good and a lot of teams that are really bad. And it's hard to find those middle teams. Uh, 49ers is definitely one of those teams in my opinion. I think they'll take a step back and then next year they'll probably bounce back into that uh, playoff contending Super Bowl potential. It almost seems like the 49ers are simulating the path the Rams took of... The Rams went to the Super Bowl and lost it, and then they went middle of the road. I think the 49ers went to the Super Bowl, lost it, they'll go middle of the road. I think, however, they'll start off with a win against the Arizona Cardinals, who are still kind of blending together. I I swear to you that these are uh, randomized right now, because team number 21 is the Kansas City Chiefs, who just won the Super Bowl against those 49ers. Now, the Chiefs have... Basically brought everybody back. They somehow they found money inside the the cushions of their sofa and were able to pay Patrick Mahomes a near half a billion dollar contract. I think it might be over actually if he plays the entire thing out. Paid Mahomes a half a billion dollar contract. They signed a bunch of people somehow finding money in the process. I have no idea how their cap situation is, but it's such a cool thing that they can actually handle that. It's it's surprising to say the least, but it's definitely awesome to see. Now, of course, biggest question once you win one, they always ask, well, can you repeat? Are you really that good? Or was last year just luck? Um, as I mentioned before, they brought everybody back. I think their defense, uh, which showed remarkable improvement during the latter half of the season, I definitely think that that team will, uh, defensively, they'll definitely improve from last year. Offensively, they've got Patrick Mahomes and about a thousand people that can run four fives, four fours, four threes. I think that this team is going to be dominant. I think they're going to run over the AFC in the same way that a lot of teams uh, that I mentioned recently are running it over. They're one of the top heavy teams. I have them going 14 and 2 and as the one seed, so that, you know, due to uh, tiebreakers and things like that. Um, and I think one of those wins is going to come this week, today, actually. I think they're going to win against the Texans uh, pretty handily today. I, I think that the Texans need some time to build. The Chiefs don't. I think the Chiefs might win by, you know, at least double-digit points. That's just a random thing. I don't know if exactly that's going to be the case. Team number 22, the Arizona Cardinals. Now, the Arizona Cardinals, for all intents and purposes, would normally be in that second or third year. Words are hard. The Arizona Cardinals would normally be in that second or third year of their rebuild, but then they traded for DeAndre Hopkins, and now all of a sudden there's there's a claim that they're going to be Uh, The representative for the NFC West, I don't think they're going to go that far. However, I cannot deny that the combination of Kyler Murray, who might be my pick for that quarterback that has that second-year massive jump. So Patrick Mahomes, or you could even go back to Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz in year two, dominant. Patrick Mahomes in year two, dominant. Lamar Jackson in year two, dominant. Now, Kyler Murray in year two, is he going to be dominant? if he is who all these other guys are, Carson Wentz, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, all guys that are definitely considered the future of the quarterback position, I think Kyler Murray is on that same boat. I think definitely um, he has the chance to be that new Mahomes or that new Lamar Jackson of that second-year player that's going to go tear the league apart. I have them going 11-5, and five, which puts them as the sixth seed. However, this year, uh, this, this week, sorry, I don't think that they're going to start off with a win. I think they'll lose to the 49ers simply because I think the biggest issue with teams that have brought massive talent in is to gel. And I think the best way you can gel is on the football field. I don't think the Cardinals have had—well, uh, they haven't. They haven't had a actual game-time situation to play with DeAndre Hopkins. And so as a result, I think that they will be—they'll lose this week against the 49ers. Team number 23, the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the Eagles won a very weak NFC East last year. I think uh, everybody can agree on that. And they also had people dropping like flies to the point where they were bringing people from the practice squad to play wide receiver. And they did remarkably well. Guys like Greg Ward Jr. Uh, really showed their their, their skill set, I think. Greg Ward definitely did. And he was a former quarterback, playing as wide receiver just to get onto the team so it's definitely interesting about that biggest question about the team health 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 can they stay healthy and so far the answer is eh, probably not they've had a couple of huge injuries for example brandon brooks went out with a season ending injury a couple weeks ago on top of that they've had some minor issues jalen Rager, the first round pick uh out possibly for game probably for game one he's out uh they're thinking he can come back in game two alshon jeffrey has been out for a while he's going to come back into the season midway the biggest question can they stay healthy if they can there's no reason why they can't win the nfc east it's really just them and the cowboys i think that they will win the nfc east off of tiebreakers i think that they go, they will also go 10 and 6 win the division and become the four seed uh they're going to start off that with a win this week against the washington football team I just think that uh, overall, this team, uh, this week, overall, the Eagles have a much better team than Washington does, and that's just simply going to give them the win. We head down to Nashville, Tennessee for the Tennessee Titans, a team that surprised basically everybody. Uh, with their run. The second half of the season last year was dominant with Ryan Tannehill playing some of his best football ever. Derrick Henry literally being a bowling ball and just running over everybody all the way to a run of the AFC championship game where they had a lead on the eventual Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the biggest question they can ask is, well, okay, but that was last year. Can they do that again? Is Tannehill really that guy or was that just luck of the draw? Is Derrick Henry really that running back or was that just a good stretch of games? Um the question really becomes, can they do it against a division that is has widely been considered one of the weaker divisions? But I think that's because it's one of the less talked about divisions. I don't see a lot of people talking about the Colts or the Texans. And the only reason why people are talking about the Jaguars these days is because of their potential tanking. So, uh, for all intents and purposes, the Titans have a shot here of winning the division. I personally do have them winning the division. I have them going 11-5, which puts them at the 4 seed. This week, they're going up against the Denver Broncos, and as I mentioned before, I originally had the Broncos winning this game. Once Vaughn Miller went out, I had the Tennessee Titans winning it. I think the Titans are going to start off on the right foot. Derrick Henry is going to start off with his good old 135, 150-yard rushing, running over everybody, especially with Vaughn Miller being out. I think Tannehill will have a nice, safe game today. Um, I think Ryan Tannehill is a better quarterback than he was in Miami. I don't know if he's quite at the level that he was last year, but if he is, that's that's a potential MVP-caliber quarterback if he can do that for long terms. The next team on the list, the Chicago Bears. The Bears, unfortunately, have a lot of trouble with the QB position. Uh, a lot of teams are fairly secure with their quarterback position, which is why I think Cam Newton took so long to get signed to the Patriots. The Bears, however, are not one of those teams with a quarterback battle without any practice between uh, Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles. Trubisky was named the starter a few days ago and he'll be starting against the Lions. The question becomes does Trubisky have a long leash? It's safe to say the answer is no. How long is that leash? It really depends on how he plays personally because I think I think that the quarterback I think Trubisky can be a solid quarterback. I've never been on the hate train nearly as much as a lot of guys have been. I think Trubisky has the capability of being a good, really good quarterback. I just think that with everybody else going through second season jumps, or third season jumps, I guess, because he's been in the league for that long, uh, a lot of guys have been going through the third season jump, like Mahomes winning a Super Bowl in his third season. I think that Trubisky took a junior year step back. The question is, can he play with a not first-place schedule, which I think is the big thing. I'm very big on the schedules. I think that a lot of reason why teams that uh, are in first place one year fall down a little bit is because they can't handle the high-level competition. Bears might be one of those teams. I think their dominant defense, and a struggling offense, put them behind the eight ball last year. I think this year they'll be all right. I have them going 9-7. and seven. That unfortunately has them missing the playoffs, but I do think Trubisky can be a solid quarterback uh, for this team. I don't know, however, if he will last the entire season. It'll start off this week with a loss against the Lions. Team number 26, the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals have a team basically with Joe Burrow and a bunch of other guys. They're still A.J. Green. They're still Geno Atkins. But gone are the days where they were constantly in the playoff picture with Andy Dalton as a rookie and A.J. Green as a rookie, Marvin Lewis as the head coach. They've been through a lot of things recently. The question, of course, is whether or not they can come back from this. Uh, And the question becomes, is Joe Burrow that game-changing guy that can really turn the season upside down? Now I don't think he will. I don't think it will look like it this year. I think the Cincinnati Bengals are probably going to have a struggling record. I have them going two and fourteen. Again, uh, as I mentioned earlier on the show, I don't know if the low records and the high records are really going to be that high and that low, or if that's just be me being a little bit extreme. Because I can definitely see the Bengals probably get, doing better than two and fourteen. But when I did the season game by game, I just couldn't find more than two games that they could win. I think, though, Joe Burrow statistically is going to be pretty well. I think this is going to remind you a lot of Peyton Manning's first season. Not necessarily. I'm not saying that Joe Burrow is the next Peyton Manning or anything. That's a bold claim to say. But I do think Peyton really struggled his first year, and then the second year he became a lot easier. I think Joe Burrow is going to have that same situation. A rookie quarterback with a second-year head coach in a non-practice season is really going to impact the way that they play their games. I think they're going to start off this week with a loss against the L.A. Chargers. The next team on the list is the baltimore ravens this is a team that has a lot of hype behind them and the real question behind them is of course can lamar jackson get a playoff victory i don't know if it's quite necessarily that that's what a lot of people have been saying my real question is more more along the lines of will lamar jackson take that same jump that he had between year ones and year two here in years two to three i think he will for, all, for everything that's been going on in the Baltimore Ravens camp, they're widely suggesting that uh, Lamar Jackson has taken that next step as a passer, which is dangerous for the entire league. I think uh, a, a even better thrower of the ball if Lamar Jackson is able to get to that next level. That's a borderline terrifying thought. Now, I think this year is going to be a good year for them. I think they'll repeat as AFC North champions. I have them going 14-2 and as the two-seed. And I think that will also start off this week against the Cleveland Browns. I think the Ravens just have so much talent. Uh, Completely underrated, I think, is the Calais Campbell signing. I think uh, bringing in that veteran presence to show the team how to be a leader, how to do well, how to practice, it helps, especially considering the rookies this year haven't had that sort of, uh, the same sort of practice the way that other rookies would have in prior seasons. But bringing in veterans and guys that have been in the league for a long time and Understanding the practice and the way that the games work, I think that really helps them in the long run. So I do think that uh, the Baltimore Ravens will succeed in this season. Team number twenty-eight, the New England Patriots. Now, this is a team that has one big question around them: is it Belichick or is it Brady? Now, to be honest, it's very safe to say that it's both of them. But of course, it's it's very um. It's a good clickbait, I suppose, to say that, oh, it's Brady or it's Belichick. It's obviously both. I mean, without the all-star quarterback of Brady, Belichick wouldn't be that great. Without the all-star coaching of Belichick, Brady wouldn't be that great. But the question, of course, becomes, can Cam Newton take over for Tom Brady? Can he be that same sort of dynamic presence, that leader in the locker room and that sort of thing? Um, And, of course, people are talking about the Patriots falling off. Uh, Some people have them going below 500. I don't see how in the world... They can do that. I have them going ten and six as the seven seed right now. I do think that uh, they'll start off this year with the win against the Dolphins. I think that it's just at the end of the day, it's Bill Belichick. I I refuse to put a losing record on Bill Belichick's name, especially this far into his career. I mean, he's been coaching the Patriots for twenty years, I think, or so. He's been he's been with the Patriots for that long. He's coached them. He's had one losing record, and that was in what is first year, I th- well, maybe, I, I forget if in the second year they had a losing record. I know they didn't make the playoffs, but just to, to think that Bill Belichick is going to miss the playoffs with Cam Newton, I, if Cam Newton's healthy, they, no, they're, they're making the playoffs with the 7th seed, that's my guess. Speaking of, and I swear, I promise you i randomized these, 29th team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, the Buccaneers have all the hype behind them. If uh, to remind you of, uh, I think it was a Rex Ryan that said the that uh, a team wins the offseason. Uh, Tampa Bay definitely won the offseason. They gained Tom Brady. They have a dynamic wide receiver core. They've got, I think, three, th- three tight ends with the re- rebirth of Gronkowski. Um, the defense is underrated. I think that they've been bringing in running backs left and right. They brought in Lashawn McCoy as a change of pace back. They brought in Leonard Fournette as a potential bell cow? Probably not. They'll probably do a rotation with uh, Ronald Jones, I think his name is. Um, but this Tampa Bay team is stacked. For all intents and purposes, this is should be your Super Bowl favorite, if only because of the uh, offseason hype. I think that they're going to go 13-3. and I have them going as the one seed just because Tom Brady is Tom Brady. He's in a new world. I think they're going to start off a bit slow. I actually have them losing this week against the New Orleans Saints. But as time goes on, they'll definitely pick it up and start to to rebound into that Super Bowl contending team that we expect them to be. Uh, it comes along with the, the idea, Tom Brady, a Hall of Fame coach, is going with Bruce Arians, who might be one of the most innovative offensive minds in the game right now. I think he's definitely up there with his no risk it, no biscuit type offense. Whether or not Tom Brady's going to be able to implement that the same way or they'll adjust it is something to see, but they're definitely going to start off on the right foot. Uh, they're going to start off on the right foot overall. I don't think they're going to win this week, though. See, me and my sayings are catching up to me. Next up, team number 30 is the Carolina Panthers, a team that, for all intents and purposes, has started their rebuild. With the hiring of Matt Rule after the firing of Ron Rivera, uh, I think that this team, they, they let Cam Newton go, Luke Keekly left, they have had they uh, They left. They had Greg Olsen leave, he went to Seattle. Uh, it's an interesting situation to be in because I don't think a lot of teams are talking about them as a team in a complete rebuild but they, they definitely are I don't think a lot of people have been talking about them uh, as a team in complete rebuild but they, I think that they are I have them going 2-14 and 14. they'll probably be a little bit better than that but this is a team that for all intents and purposes is just testing out to see if Teddy Bridgewater can be that uh, starting quarterback that he was for a couple of games with the Saints and back when he was a Vikings quarterback uh, I'm a huge Teddy Bridge- Bridgewater fan I think it's really hard to not be um but he's going to have a lot of struggles outside of Christian McCaffrey. It's going to be really hard to find uh, that all-star threat on the field. I think McCaffrey is going to have a heavy workload. Uh, they're obviously missing the playoffs. I think this week against the uh, Vegas Raiders. Uh, I st- I'm g- Oakland Raiders is what you're going to hear a lot of the times. I think they are the Las Vegas Raiders. I think that Carolina is going to start this year off with the loss against the Las Vegas Raiders. I think Matt Rule is going to have to... Rebuild this team the same way he rebuilt Baylor and all of his college teams because uh, they are not at the same talent level as even teams in the middle of the pack like the Raiders. Team number 31, the Washington football team, they've had a lot of offseason talks, which we will not discuss here, but for all intents and purposes, their team has had a complete overhaul from, from the top to the bottom. They've just been rechanging everything. Uh, that includes the head coach, who is now Ron Rivera. Uh the former Carolina Panthers head coach. I think he's a brilliant pick. I think he's a really good defensive mind and at the end of the day can really bring a sense of stability to a team that has not had a lot of stability. The question becomes uh, how will this overhaul affect Dwayne Haskins and the team as a whole because they're effectively in rebuild mode but technically they've been in rebuild mode for a long time. I mean, they had one really good year with Robert Griffin III before he uh, got injured in a playoff game, I believe. And ever since then, Kirk Cousins has been uh, a person... Kirk Cousins was the sole talent trying to lead a block of bricks, basically. Um, I think the Washington football team this year... Complete overhaul is going to continue. They're probably going to continue their rebuild process. I have them going 3-13 and this year. Uh, I don't see them going much better than that. Unlike the Giants, I had them going 1-15. I could see them doing better. I don't see Washington going above 3 or 4 wins this year. Uh, this this week is going to start off with one of those losses. I think they're losing against the Philadelphia Eagles, who just have more talent than uh, Washington does this year. Uh, so they will start off with that. I think Ron Rivera is going to have a tough first season, and I think patience is the thing that the Washington football team has to focus on. The final th- team of discussion is the New Orleans, Orleans Saints. New Orleans Saints. Uh, the biggest question, is this Drew Brees' last Raw for all intents and purposes? It, it is. He's already signed a deal uh, to go and become a broadcaster. So, uh, I, I think at this point, it is Drew Brees f- fighting to get that l- second Super Bowl ring and to end off on the right foot. Um, they have a very stacked team. Alvin Kamara ended his holdout a couple days ago, and he is back on the field. I think the defense, which has been severely underrated, a team that for a long time used to be... There used to be comments about this team having one of the worst defenses in NFL history. And now to think that the defense is doing that well with guys like Marshawn Lattimore, Cam Jordan, guys like that. I think it's really interesting to see that turnaround. I think they'll be a really good defense to look at. Offensively, it's Drew Brees and uh, Sean Payton. Two guys that have been with each other for 15 years or something like that. Uh, It's a team that knows each other. It's a team that hasn't had a lot of changes. It's a team that uh, I think at the end of the day are always in the playoff hunt. I think they will be. Uh, I don't know if I said this. I have them going 13-3 and three as the 5th seed. Um, I think that'll start off with a win this week against the Buccaneers. Uh, just because the Bucks need to learn how to play together, which is something that without preseason games becomes very difficult to do. The Saints already know how to play with each other. And at the end of the day, I think that just pits them over the top against the New Orleans Saints. Or sorry, the Saints over the top of the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So that ends this. I think... Uh, That was exciting to do. It was really fun. Um, I also want to do the awards, I think. This is my predictions episode, I guess you could say. So uh, I mentioned the seedings for a lot of teams. I can go over them again real quick. uh, So I can show you my playoff picture and stuff like that. Um, So on the AFC side, I have... Because remember with the 7-seed setup, it's changing a lot of the system that... Uh, we're used to. This is the new format. So with the one seed being the only team that only seed that gets a bye, I have uh Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers both being the one seeds getting the byes for the each for their each respective conferences. Um we'll start with the AFC. I think that the two seed is going to be the Ravens, followed by the Bills at the three seed, Titans as a four seed, those are your division champions. Your fifth seed is Steelers, six seeds Colts, seven seed Patriots, I think is how it's going to end up. Um I think that the Bills and Ravens will win against the Colts and Patriots, respectively. I think the Steelers will beat the Titans in a quote-unquote upset. Uh, the Chiefs will beat the Steelers, Ravens will beat the Bills. Your AFC Championship game will be the Ravens versus the Chiefs, and I think the Ravens will win that uh, to go on to the Super Bowl this year against your NFC champ, who we will get to right now. Um, so, yeah, so the NFC seedings, one seed Bucks, 2-seed Seahawks, 3-seed Packers, 4-seed Eagles, Five are the Saints, six Cardinals, and seven are the Cowboys. I think the Seahawks, Packers, and Saints move on, leaving the Cowboys, Cardinals, and Eagles to go home, respectively. Uh, Your two NFC Divisional-round games, the Packers will beat the Seahawks, the Buccaneers will beat the Saints, and in the NFC Championship game between the Packers and the Bucks, I have the Packers winning in a surprise uh, game. So both of the two seeds, I think, uh, well, no, the Packers are the three seed actually. So the two seed of the AFC and the three seed of the NFC battle against each other: Ravens versus Packers. And I think you end up you'll end up having the Super Bowl champion be the Baltimore Ravens. That is my Super Bowl pick before the season begins. Uh, so to go over the major awards uh, that my predictions. Uh, The Super Bowl champions, I think, are going to be the Ravens. AFC champ, Ravens. Ravens. I'm saying NFC champs are going to be the Packers. Your MVP of this year, I think, it's going to be Tom Brady. I think Brady is just going to have a monster statistical season, and at the end of the day, that's going to be what gives him uh, the the MVP trophy. Uh, The offensive player of the year, I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson. Defensive player of the year, T.J. Watt. I think T.J. Watt is going to be dynamic for a Steelers defense. That's going to be up there. I think it's going to be one of the best defenses in the league. Offensive and defensive player of the years are really hard for me, just because it's a lot of times the MVP will win it for some reason, which I still don't quite understand. Offensive rookie of the year, I think it's going to be Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the running back of the Chiefs. I think he's going to be used a lot. Uh, Andy Reid has mentioned that he's basically a better Brian Westbrook, and Brian Westbrook was a monster for the Philadelphia Eagles when Andy Reid was coaching them, so I definitely see that being uh, offensive rookie-worthy. Defensive rookie of the year, I'm very high on Isaiah Simmons, the inside linebacker of, Car- of the Cardinals. Uh, I think that I'm a huge fan of the play multiple positions type player, so I think that he'll do really well with that. Your comeback player of the year, I'd personally give this to Alex Smith, the fact that he's still on an NFL roster after his leg basically disappeared is remarkable, uh, but I don't know if he'll play, so I don't know if that really counts as comeback player. I would give it to him, or at least give like an honorable mention or something to Alex Smith, but, uh... Your comeback players that I think it's going to be, it's going to be either Philip Rivers or Cam Newton. Um, in order, I think it goes Rivers, Newton, and if neither of them win it, then it has to be Alex Smith. Your Super Bowl MVP, I'm going to give it to Lamar Jackson because the quarterback typically wins it and I have the Ravens winning it. And the coach of the year, I'm going to give it to Andy Reid, who hasn't won it, I think, since like 2001. I don't know how because he's had monster teams since then. But Andy Reid, I think, will be your coach of the year. So that about wraps this up. Just a bunch of opinions and predictions galore. Uh, Not much news this week. I think we'll discuss that next week on Tuesday. So uh, here's how the episodes will come out. I know that uh, this should probably be its own thing, but I'm going to say it here. Uh, Episodes will come out on Tuesdays and Thursdays of the podcast. So Tuesdays will wrap up what happened in the previous week of football. Thursdays will look ahead and talk about any news that happened between uh, Tuesday and Thursday. So it'll be interesting to see... Uh, if any of these predictions are right, uh, I can almost guarantee that there's going to be one major, there's going to be one major team that falls off and one minor team that jumps up. I don't know how that's going to work, but we will definitely see how it ends up going. So, with that being said, I'd like to thank you all for listening to this uh, first episode of a podcast about my sports opinions. Um, it's going to be definitely more news oriented going forward, but I think just right now. Uh, there's a lot of talk about, you know, uh, the predictions of the future, and I think we might as well get that out while we have the chance right here. Um, plus a lot of news has already been talked about. Everyone's basically just winding up for the season to begin. So with that being said, uh, thank you all for listening. If you'd like to subscribe or follow to the podcast, all you have to do is click the button that's somewhere on your screen. Leave us a review if you are interested in doing so. It only takes a couple seconds, and it's really helpful at the end of the day, uh, just to show your support towards a podcast uh you can follow me at adura that is a h-d-u-r-i-n on twitter um and that about wraps it up so until tuesday everyone i'll see you at the opening whistle one more thing uh, before the episode officially ends the theme song that's singing in the beginning and the end of the episode is created by myself but the music throughout the episode the ambient sounds and the background music is all brought to you by tabletopaudio.com you should go check them out if you're interested in any music ambient sound effects for your audio adventures